What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rowe Show. At time of recording, it is 3 p.m. on Thursday, August 24th, 2017. And this is an AJ Rose solo podcast because several friends of mine who would be fit to be on this podcast either have work or are on vacation doing late August things. So today I'm going to do a solo breakdown uh, after having a couple days to let it ferment of the trade between the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers that sent Isaiah Thomas to the Cavaliers and Kyrie Irving to the Boston Celtics. It is a blockbuster trade, one that Celtics fans have been waiting Danny Ainge to make for a long, long time, and it finally happened. And I wanted to, as a preface to that analysis and that breakdown, wanted to apologize uh, and do some housekeeping as it pertains to Fighting Fire with Fire itself because I have not done an episode since I did a weekly Scorch with Sam nearly a month ago, and I apologize for that. And I also apologize that we did not do a podcast specifically in the wake of some of the things that have happened over the last couple weeks, namely uh, Charlottesville and Steve Bannon getting let go and the deterioration of President Donald Trump before our very eyes. I think that those are far more important things than this trade to talk about on the podcast, and I will talk about those things on the podcast, and sooner rather than later, and that's that's where we're going to leave that. But as for the Celtics and the Cavaliers, I think that this is a rare trade, uh, both in the sense that it's a win-win for teams that want to win now and for teams that just played each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. There's almost no historical precedent for conference finalists trading with each other. And I think that both teams uh, got what they wanted. I do not believe that the Cavaliers were going to get any more than what they got for Kyrie Irving. The full details of the trade are thus. The Cavs sent Kyrie and Kyrie alone to the Celtics, and in return, the Celtics sent the Cavaliers Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizic, and the 2018 Brooklyn Nets draft pick. And I think that... The winner of this trade is going to be determined by two things. One, the health and ability of Isaiah Thomas to play despite the hip injury that he suffered last year in the playoffs, and where that Brooklyn Nets pick falls next year. And the range for where that pick could land is pretty big because the Brooklyn Nets, I think, are going to be an improved team this year. They may just be bad instead of being putrid. And they went 20-62 and 62 last year, but they uh, took on a couple of big contracts that other teams did not want. Alan Crabb, Damari Carroll. They have I, what a lot of people consider a good head coach in Kenny Atkinson. Their GM, Sean Marks, has made some pretty good moves in as far as making lemonade out of the very sour lemons he was handed by former GM Billy King. And Jeremy Lin is going to come back for them, hopefully healthy. And I think they could win in the upper 20s of games. And the difference between winning 20 games and winning 28 games may be the difference between having the worst record in the NBA and the fourth or fifth worst record, which would put them in line to have the fourth or fifth pick in the draft instead of they conveyed the number one pick in the draft to the Celtics this past offseason. And obviously the Celtics traded down and didn't take Markel Foles. They took Jason Tatum instead. But that draft pick could be anywhere really in the top 10 and that's going to depend both on the Nets and on the other bad teams in the NBA the Suns the Kings the Lakers the Magic the Knicks uh the the vastly um worse Hawks Bulls and Pacers it's it's all 
up in the air. So we'll see where that where that ends up. But as for the actual players <laughs> who were involved in the trade, I think that Jay Crowder is a body that the Cavs need in terms of someone who can be uh, a two-way player. They have very few two-way players in their rotation now, and that's a problem for them, especially when you're trying to play the Warriors. <laughs> you can't really get away with playing one-way players against the Warriors, but the Cavs sort of have no choice. They've got Isaiah Thomas and Derrick Rose and Kyle Korver, who are all offense. They've got Mon Shepard and Tristan Thompson, who are all defense, and it's 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 a problem. I don't know if Dwayne Wade is going to end up on the Cavaliers. Something tells me he will. I don't know if Dwayne Wade is a good two-way player at this point in his career, you know, being in his mid-30s, but the Cavaliers do get the Brooklyn pick as an insurance policy for if and if and when LeBron James leaves this offseason, they also will have the option if and when LeBron leaves, because I think he's leaving, and I think most people think he's leaving, and I think to the point where we don't think he's leaving, we almost just, it's uh, there's an era of an aura of inevitability around LeBron leaving Cleveland again, and they have the opportunity then to pay Isaiah Thomas and back up the Brinks truck, as he so put it, as he was hoping the Celtics were going to do for him. I think the Cavaliers, if LeBron leaves, could say, you know what, let's sign Isaiah Thomas, him and Kevin Love go back, and we can sort of rebuild around those two dudes and the Nets pick, and that is a pretty decent place to be left in, uh, as opposed to Kyrie Irving demanding a trade and then just having LeBron walk and being left with, with nothing. And as for the Celtics, they get a guy, instead of Isaiah Thomas with one year left on his deal, a 29-year-old who just had a major hip injury, they have Kyrie, who is a 25-year-old who has two years left on his deal and has room for improvement and is six foot one instead of five foot nine. That does just, you know, factually make a difference. He's six inches taller, roughly. Uh, and I don't know if Kyrie Irving is actually going to get much, much better. I don't know if he'll ever become a great distributor or, or a great floor general or even a great leader of men. I, I certainly don't think he's going to become a good defensive player. But he just proved that he can put in just just buckets on buckets against the best team of all time and one of the best individual guard perimeter defenders in the league in Clay Thompson. He scored you know, 30-plus in back-to-back finals games against the best basketball team I've ever seen. So that is a guy that you can feel safe going to war with against the Warriors or therefore and therefore against any other team in the league. And I don't know if the Celtics have turned over too much of their roster. They only have four players, four players left over from last year's Eastern Conference final team. That's Al Horford, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown. That's it. The other, they have 11 new guys. So many new guys on this team. I'll try and reel them all off. I apologize in advance if I forget some people. They've got the person they just traded for, Kyrie Irving. They, uh, Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines, Jason Tatum, uh, a couple of summer league guys slash guys they drafted, Sammy Ojale, Daniel Theus, uh, da- uh, this guy Jairus Bird. They've got I I I think I might have run out of of new people there, and I apologize for that. Uh, racking my brains. This is riveting podcast radio. Me racking my brains trying to think of the. They have Gershon Yabusele, and I think that that rotation. The and of course they signed the biggest guy I forgot, the biggest free agent off uh, signing of the offseason, Gordon Hayward. So their starting lineup is going to be Kyrie, 
Gordon Hayward, I think Jalen Brown uh, replacing Jay Crowder, Mar- uh, and then Marcus Morris and Al Horford, or if they want to appease Al Horford, which I think they should, uh, and have him be the four instead of the five, they can start Al Horford at the four and Aaron Baines at the five. I- I'm fine with that because I don't think that that lineup will play extended minutes. I think that in in a season where they're going to be relying more than ever on Al Horford to hold that locker room together and, and be a great culture guy, I think it's important to, to give Al Horford little things. And Al Horford really likes to be seen as a f- and, and thought of as a four instead of a five. I don't know why, especially because he's kind of a perfect five for today's NBA. But if that's what it takes to, to keep the man happy, then absolutely do it. So that starting five with the the second unit being Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Morris, and Gershon Yabusele. That's a pretty uh, solid 10-man rotation potentially. And if you wanted to just cut uh, Yabusele out of there and have it be a nine-man playoff rotation, I think you can totally go to war with those, that, that, those nine guys against the Cavaliers. And the Cavaliers' nine-man rotation at this point would be Isaiah Thomas, J.R. Smith, LeBron James, Jay Crowder, and Kevin Love, and then Tristan Thompson, Derek Rose. We'll throw Dwayne Wade in there. We'll just assume that he's going to be there. That's eight, and Amon Shumpert is makes nine, and that is, I think, a much more inconsistent nine-man rotation than the Celtics would have. There are fewer two-way players and fewer uh, consistent players, but the Cavaliers still have LeBron James, and they should still be the favorites in the Eastern Conference, even if the Celtics had home court advantage again in a potential Eastern Conference Finals. This is all a moot point, by the way, because the Warriors would handily defeat either the Cavaliers or the Celtics team in a in a NBA Finals matchup, and that's a bummer. In fact, if you were taking bets as to who the most likely team in the Eastern Conference is to next defeat the Warriors, whether it's this year, the next year, the year after that, I think the odds-on favorite would be the Milwaukee Bucks because they have the most just long-limbed, versatile defenders to throw at the Warriors. They've got Greek Freak and Jabari Parker hopefully coming back off injury, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, Thon Maker, uh, other guys I'm forgetting, Tony Snell, and it's it's that's where the league is going. You just have to have guys with long limbs who can switch defensively in as many positions as possible. That's why the Celtics uh, drafted Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's why uh, Paul George and Jimmy Butler are were, were were coveted and sought after. And I think that the the Celtics fans who were crying out that the Celtics should have traded the same package that they just traded for Kyrie for Jimmy Butler or Paul George, I think that they didn't have the opportunity to because Paul George was uh, made before they really knew what they had. I think I think Jimmy and Jimmy Butler was traded on draft night as well. I think if both those dudes were available later in the summer, that the Celtics would have talked about making this same trade for Jimmy Butler or Paul George, but. C'est la vie. And now, I don't know if there's anything left to, to break down from this particular trade. I think that Kyrie is going to light it up in the garden, but I don't know how well he's going to gel with A, Brad Stevens' system, and B, the other guys on the team. He's a guy who thrives on isolation. And the Celtics, even though they would give the ball to Isaiah Thomas in 
a fair amount of isolation scenarios, usually when the shot clock was running down, he was still getting a lot of his scoring opportunities as a product of the Celtics ball movement offense. And I hope that Kyrie Irving can accept that that's how he should get a lot of his scoring opportunities, that they can get him with a full head of steam going to the basket. They can get him to the free throw line more often, and they can put him in the best position to score independent of his supreme isolation skills. It's also really nice that the Celtics now have three guys in Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Kyrie, instead of one, Isaiah Thomas, guys they can throw the ball to at the end of a possession. I think that one of those three dudes should be on the court for all 48 minutes, and that the Celtics' offense will no longer be a train wreck when their best scorer is off the floor. I think that's important. The Cavaliers now just have to deal with uh, Isaiah Thomas. I don't think that any of the petty daddy LeBron stuff that LeBron is wont to do uh, in terms of social media, passive-aggressive, throwing shade, subtweeting. I don't think that Isaiah will stand for that sort of thing. And I think that both these teams, we can't be sure that things are going to go swimmingly in those locker rooms and that those teams are going to have a good coalescing uh, of guys and talents and chemistry. So that, that remains the most interesting subplot of the East. I think LeBron and his impending free agency is the second most uh, uh, important storyline after can anybody stop the Warriors, which I think we all know the answer is no. I think the only team that can stop the Warriors is the Warriors, meaning if a couple guys get injured, maybe things change. But I, for one, am excited that the Celtics are – that Danny Ainge – who really can never win because no matter what he does, he's going to there are going to be people who disagree with what he's doing. I think he's done about as well as he could have possibly done with all the assets that he received in that 2013 trade with the Nets uh, when he traded Paul Pierce and Gavin Garnett. I think he's done great things this offseason, and we're just going to see how it goes. I do hope, I really truly hope that when the Celtics and Cavaliers play in Boston on January 3rd and then again on Paul Pierce's jersey retirement night on February 11th, but particularly on January 3rd and Isaiah's first game back in Boston that he gets a video tribute and a long, long, like emotional, tearful standing ovation from the Boston faithful. I was disgusted to see a video of apparently two Celtics fans burning Isaiah's jersey, which is one of the most patently ridiculous things, even by jersey-burning standards, because that's a ridiculous thing to do in any scenario, but let alone a guy who just got traded, didn't leave in free agency, but got traded, and played his poured his heart and soul into this Boston Celtics team and into the city for two and a half years is the reason they're relevant again and went on this magical playoff run after his freaking sister died. He didn't miss a single playoff game and scored 53 points against the Wizards. I watched it with my own two eyes. It was like one of the more incredible things I've seen at a live sporting event and he deserves better than that and that is not I don't think, uh, a reflection of the Celtics fan base. I do not think they're that idiotic, that dumb, that just heartless. And LeBron went on a tirade today against burning jerseys, and I'm glad he did, and I think that burning jerseys is a stupid thing to do on a number of levels. And the last thing I'll say is the Celtics are in Cleveland opening night, October 17th, and that becomes absolute appointment, must-watch television. I will be... I, I might have to have people over for that. I, I'm 
over the moon at the two-way revenge game of Kyrie being hell-bent on revenge against LeBron and the Cavs, IT being uh, uh, wanting some revenge against the Celtics, and Gordon Hayward making his Celtics debut takes a backseat, but it's still happening, and it's going to be great. Personally, I think LeBron's going to go supernova and the Cavs are going to win, but who knows? It's it's exciting. I can't wait for the NBA season to come back, and I can't wait to watch the Celtics and Cavaliers uh, go at it all season and potentially in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's going to do it for us uh, today for Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show. As always, you can leave us a comment on Facebook.com slash the AJ Rose Show. You can listen to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Make sure to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us with the iTunes algorithms. I can't wait for football to be back. I think Elliot Bruce and I are going to do a division-by-division NFL preview, give you some predictions as far as awards and uh, conference uh, championship finalists and Super Bowl finalists. I think that that is coming down the pipe very soon. I also think I will do a follow-up, more analysis, and NBA previews with my boy Dan Perez, who is uh, I wanted to talk about this trade with, but he is... Uh, in Florida on vacation. Shout out to Dan, uh, the biggest Celtics fan I know who is still reeling from this trade but is settling down and excited about Kyrie Irving as we all should be. Isaiah Thomas, in in closing, Isaiah Thomas did more for, for Boston sports in two and a half years than pretty much any other uh, athlete could has done in a two and a half year period. You know, the other guys who are held in high regard from this 15 plus year Boston sports run are Tom Brady, Poppy, Pierce, you know, Patrice Bergeron and Zidane Chara, uh, some of the some of the star role players on the Red Sox and Patriots, Teddy Bruschi, Jason Veritek, etc. IT is somewhere in between the Veritek Bruschi range and the Brady Poppy Pierce range. He's sort of a a a place all to himself. He he made basketball relevant in Boston again after Pearson Garnett left. He became, Bill Simmons has said over and over again that he became a folk hero, which is true. Every single little kid that loved playing basketball had an Isaiah Thomas jersey, and watching his connection, particularly with the young fans in Boston, was special, and it will not be forgotten, and I hope that Celtics fans appreciate what he did for the city and will appreciate him when he comes back. Uh, because he was unforgettable. He was, as Tommy Hodson says, the little guy. And I, I loved watching him play for the Celtics. And I'm going to miss watching him play for the Celtics. So for Fighting Fire with Fire, I'm AJ Rose. Uh, we're going to miss you, IT. But welcome to Boston, Kyrie Irving. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. <laughs>